So getting your brain to move to create an ending and getting the people around you to do the same is going to take both the fear of the negative and the draw of the positive. Your brain needs to really get it that if you don't move, something bad is going to happen. Also, that if you do, you will get what you desire. You have to break through the comfort level that you are in, where you are settling for living in hell just because you know the names of all the streets. Remember, you were not designed to cope but to thrive. But just like a rose bush, you can't thrive without pruning, which means your necessary endings truly are urgent. Let's look at how to get there. From Henry Cloud in the book Necessary Endings. This is Daniel Orton and welcome to the Stay Podcast. Here my purpose is to strengthen the apostolic why. Hey everybody. Welcome back to the Stay Podcast. I am so sorry. It has been a little over a month since I have posted anything. And in that month, there is so much life that has happened to me, it's just not even funny. And that is a big reason why I have not done a podcast. And um, I actually said I was going to do one last week and did not. And I'm finding myself now on Saturday evening, the night before Easter, and um, I decided I need to go ahead and get this podcast out there. Now, with that said, I do want to say thank you to everybody um, that has been listening. I don't know. It seems like it's, even though we've not, I've not done a podcast in a month, it looks like the the page, the uh, I say page. I'm sorry. The uh, uh, the podcast itself has done well. Uh, we still got new people that's uh, been joining in with listening, and I thank you for that. If you've not rated us, I don't really think anybody hardly has rated our, my podcast, and I'd appreciate if you could go do that and like and share it with somebody. Um, but anyway, today. Uh, it's good. I'm going to do a little freehand. I uh, usually have a lot of good notes in front of me. I actually just have um, some quotes and, uh, from a book that I have read and just recently listened to. And it's also something that is um, I find myself at right now. The name of the book is called Necessary Endings, and it's by Dr. Henry Cloud. If you've never read any of his books, I would highly recommend his books. Uh, there's a few that is very, very, um, very important for you to read. Or if you have an audio uh, subscription or you don't care to pay for an audio subscription, uh, listen to them. Um, this particular one is one I have read and listened to. It's The name of it is Necessary Endings. I would highly recommend also Boundaries by Dr. Bounds. And I just finished another book reading it. And it was called Never Go Back. It's basically on repentance. And it's 10 different areas that will help you. But anyway, that's that's another, maybe another podcast for another time. But today we're going to talk about necessary endings. And I know that may may not seem exactly like the, a good one for my 
the theme of my podcast. The theme of my podcast is stay. <clears throat> and um, stay to me means this. It means to stay. It means stay saved. Stay, um, stay on the path to get you to heaven. Stay on the path to lead you into the place that God's called you to be and walk in that place. And, and I believe that is for everyone is to be in a place to where you can, you're actually fulfilling the will of God in your life. As those of you who have been listening to the podcast, no doubt you know, you've heard me say that I have, I am pastoring two churches. Well, over the course of the last month, there has been some very um, tough decisions that we have, I have had to make. I say I, uh, it was in regards to my entire family, um, my beautiful wife, Cheryl, my son, Jakin, my daughter, Bethany, my uh, incredible son-in-law, Texas, and the most uh, handsome, best-looking grandson in the world out there, Corbin. We have made a very hard decision, and we have had a necessary ending in our lives. And that is that we have, through a lot of counsel, a lot of prayer, a lot of tears, and a lot of fasting, we have made a huge necessary ending in our life. And that's one reason that I want to talk about this today. I want to talk about necessary endings. And um, we have made the very hard decision to close our church plant that we actually started 17 years ago tomorrow, Harvest House. In Marion, Kentucky. It's not something I've broadcasted. Uh, of course, I don't. Uh, we went to Mexican yesterday and I seen somebody asking me about it. And uh, he actually said, I heard you close both churches. So, well, that's not the case. And he said, you're the talk of the town. Well, I'm, I'm not surprised with that. I've had a lot of people asking me about it. But um, it was, it was a, not an easy thing for us to do. Um, I know some people that attended the church... Um, was upset, but not everybody. The faithful ones, uh, which were very few, um, that was coming faithful and that were contributing their time, talent, and treasures, they also felt the same thing, that um, it was time to do something different. The church, since 2020, um, COVID had endured nearly 15 deaths some people moved away, and then some people just um, wasn't willing to stay in church. And the reason is our subject today, necessary endings. And for my, and number one, let me say this, uh, we prayed, I fasted, I was counseled, and nobody told me to do this but Jesus. And prayer, early on a Saturday morning, me and my wife were praying, and finally we had come to that place where we felt like Jesus confirmed within our spirits that it was time to end that church plant. Now, we are still endeavoring to um, continue at the Sturgis Church, which is just 20 minutes from the Marion area. So it's hope that those faithful, and maybe even some others, will choose to go with us there. We don't know how it's going to turn out. Um and we don't know. What we know is this, that it came a time 
for us to bring a necessary ending in our lives. Because um, my pastor, we asked, we've been talking to him about this for a few years, and and uh, honestly, if I had probably, um, my pastor never told me to, that it was time to be in the church, but he he kind of told me that, he told me without telling me to, I guess I could say that, basically that, it, you know, it just looks like that your ministry is done here in this area, and it's time for maybe something different. He said, I believe that God's got more for you somewhere else, and I had 17 years in, 17 years in that church, and it was not something that we wanted to do. And I told my wife, I said, I feel like I have a 17-year-old uh, child laying on, <clears throat> excuse me, laying there on life support, and I was needing to make the decision of whether to unplug this child from the life support and see what will happen. And nevertheless, this is where we find ourselves today. And I remember talking to our, um, I remember talking to our district home missions director, and I was he was asking me about advice for a church planner, and I told him this. I said, the best way I know to go start a church is just to go and stay. And I have learned that that particular statement that I made is maybe not always. Um, the right one for a church planner. Because it does come a time that things do need to end. Um, for example, you um, you know, you, you don't want your baby, you hate to see them grow up. We've seen Corbin, my son, grandson today, was hunting um, hunting eggs at my brother's church, and we went there, and it was a blast watching him. He just turned two in February, so... This is actually his third Easter, so I still got the pictures and videos from his other Easter's where he was, uh, you know, doing doing the egg hunt. And the first one, his dad was holding him while he was asleep, and his mom was picking up the eggs for him. The other one, his dad was holding a basket trying to get him to pick up eggs, and he was just running everywhere, you know. And today, he was uh, running around picking up every egg he could, want to dump it and go do it again. So he was getting it. But the whole point is we loved him so much when he was that little child that that first Easter was wrapped up in that blanket that his dad was packing him and that little toddler bouncing all over the place, not paying attention. And then today it's seeming like it is. But the truth of the matter is, is I don't want to see Corbin out there hunting Easter eggs when he's, 35 along with the toddlers there has to come a place that we learn to grow and in order for us to grow there are certain things that has to end to be able to embrace the next thing and i know i've had a lot of different people that's responded to um if they've asked me and i've told them hey yeah we, we closed the church and some acted like they understood and some acted angered by it and the truth of the matter it came to this place that my pastor had told me, he said, you'll know when it seems to be hurting you and your family and ministry more than it's helping you. And it got to a place to where the thing that we was doing um, 
was we was burnt out. We was at the place we just needed something to happen. Something needed to end. We was heading towards a crash. And I know this is maybe a heavy, heavy subject. Maybe not for you guys, but it is for me today. Very, um, very heavy. Considering tomorrow would be the actual 17-year anniversary of the church opening and. And, you know, I, I, Jesus is coming back. Um, let, let, me, let me just give you another quote by Dr. Bounds here. He says this. He says, why endings? Whether we like it or not, endings are a part of life. They're woven into the fabric of life itself, both when it goes well and also when it doesn't. On the good side of life, for us to ever get a new level, a new tomorrow, or the next step, something has to end. Life has season, stages, and phases. For there to be anything new, old things always have to end, and we have to let go of them. Infancy gives rise to tolerhood and must be forever shunned in order to get to the independence that allows a child to thrive. Later, childhood itself must be given up for people to become the adults that they were designed to be. See, that's another thing that Brother, uh, brother Dr. Um, Dr. Henry Cloud said in, this, in his book, Necessary Endings, is, you know, there's examples given my grandson. Yeah, I, he's growing up fast and we hate it. But I'm, as much as I miss him as that little cuddly child, because you can't cuddle, you can't cuddle, cuddle. Corbin no more. Corbin, I can't even speak. Forgive me. It's been a month and I'm tongue-tied. You can't cuddle Corbin anymore. He He's not one of those cuddle you kids, you know. But when he was that baby, it was easy for me to cuddle him and uh, because he was small and he liked to be close to you and I could lay back in my chair with him on my chest. Now then, you can't do that. He's climbing everywhere and trying to get down. But in order for him to grow, to become everything he needs to be, it was necessary that um, he, that baby infant stage ends and he goes to that toddler stage and he's where he is now. And eventually I want to see him get to that next level, you know, to where he's, he's learning to, to say something. Like right now he's, he's talking, but, um, and I know you'll find this humorous, so I'm just going to tell you. He he calls me his papa, daddy. He calls my wife, his grandmother, daddy. He calls his mother, daddy, and he calls his daddy, daddy. Now you may think that's funny. And, um, I'd love to hear him say papa. I think I've heard him maybe say it once. He's just being honry. He's a little kid, and he's being honry, and. Uh, he'll see me from a distance, but I'm not around. He'll say, Papa, and he'll see his mama, and he'll say, Mama. He's enough, already like his daddy, he's got that personality where he's being funny, and and he's just, even at a little two years old, he's being that, and he's just saying this and that, and it's cute right now. But I'd like to hear him say, Papa, I'm ready for that stays in, and, and my wife was doing some reading on it, and basically it's, it's those people um, he's associating it with a place of comfort that he's he calls all four of us daddy because it's a place that he just feels comfortable 
because uh, my, my daughter had a C-section and she was not able to, uh, some of those earliest moments to really hold him like a uh, mother does. So they was taking care of her. So my son-in-law is an extremely good father because his father wasn't in his life. So he kind of, he's really jumped in there and, and being a great dad and he's just associating all of us as somebody that's really security and something he looks at is, I know they love me. And eventually that will end and he'll start calling me whatever it may be with his papaw. Where are we shooting for papaw? My wife is shooting for memo. It may end up being Gigi, the way it sounds. But that's a necessary ending. He's, that's because he's growing. And... Dr. Cloud said in his book, he said, without the ability to end things, people stay stuck, never becoming who they're meant to be, never accomplishing all their talents and abilities should afford them. And one thing that my, my pastor had said to me in the midst of all this, and he said, son, I know you don't, you can't feel like you're a failure with uh, the fact that this church has come to an end. There's a lot of good things. There's people in heaven. There's people that's heard the gospel because of uh, the fact that you guys went to Marion, Kentucky and you uh, endeavored to start a church. And he said some some men go to um, places and they build churches and some churches build men. He said you're anointed and God wants to use you at another place and he wants to uh, he wants to use your talents and abilities that they're not able to flourish in that area that you're at. And they can't as long as you're there. So this needs to end to where you can go somewhere else. And this is why I'm calling this you know, a necessary ending. For me, myself, it was something I needed, my family needed, because it was hurting. I, I can't go into all the personal reasons. Number one, it was necessary from God for that particular church plant to close and uh, I hate it but it's just something that needs to happen and, and um, I don't know I'm trying to trying to balance my words in case you know certain people listen to this and I don't want people to be, to be hurt or anything but Dr. Cloud said this he said in many contexts until we let go of what is not good we'll never find something that is good the lesson, good cannot begin until bad ends. And we kind of got to the place that we were stagnant. We were stuck with the, with the deaths and with the people moving away and, and some of the, uh, the people not coming. And the word we would use is apostolics is backslide and just walked away from the church. It's not they went to anywhere else. They just backslid. And so we're stuck with just a few of us and, and Jesus is coming back and it's like, God, I want to do more for you. And it's like it just wasn't happening. So something that wasn't working needed to end so we could go to something else that is hopefully going to work. I trust God of where we are. But every one of us that we we got to realize that if we're going to be everything God wants us to be, there has to be some necessary endings in our life. Let's just look at it, period. An example in our lives, Jesus teaches this concept in the Word of God that you, in order to be everything that God wants you to be, 
Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. Jesus taught this principle. It is called something that's called repentance. It's when you repent. And again, I'm not saying that church was bad, but it got to the place that it became something that needed to go from my life and something from my family's life till we could grow and become what we need to be. And the truth of the matter is, some people, they need you to end some relationships with them because if you don't, you may be holding them back from being all they need to be. It may just be, hopefully, and that is my prayer, that with the ending of this, some people that was undecided and they weren't for sure about their walk with God, our prayer was hoping that, you know, look, they're not they're not responding to us and they're not they're not changing with the word that we're preaching. Our hope is that maybe through this ending of us stopping the work there, that maybe it will shake them and make them realize, oh goodness, look what I'm missing now. I've got to get I've got to buckle down. I've got to get this for myself. It forces people to grow up and that is my hope and and this is what happens we see we see parents that enables um, their children to be in addictive um, habits and addictive relationships we 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 see people you know a parent that even though they know they may be doing something they shouldn't be doing they're enabling them by giving them money for certain things or such and and there needs to be a necessary ending where a parent says, look, I love you, but I can't do this no more. There's friends in your life when you come to Jesus that you just can't hang around with. And there's got to be a necessary ending. You have to, uh, if if they're not going to get, they're not going to be a help to you. You got to look at them and just say, you know, I can't continue our relationship. And there has to be a necessary ending. And that person has to go another way. So you, they do not hold you back. You can become everything that you need to be for God. And, you know, we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to do things that don't work. I mean, you look at, I don't have the numbers and stats, but, you know, you've heard the stories about how many times, you know, the light bulb, how many times it failed before it worked. And uh, somebody told me, but WD-40, the reason it's called WD-40 because it took the 40 times to get to that formula for that lubricant to work right. So, uh, and somebody said, look, it's, I didn't fail, but I figured out how many time, how many ways that it won't work. So a lot of this is how you look at it. Um, Dr. Cloud said in his book, he said, failing well means ending something that's not working and choosing to do something better. So we got to learn how to fall, how to, how to fail. And it's a lot of people's issues is they're, they're, they're afraid of failure. But something worse than failing is never trying. And you know what? What I can tell you with the church plan in Marion, um, I just got done reading a book by Jathan Marcelli. It's called Better After Burnout. If you're a pastor or if you're dealing with burnout, I highly, highly recommend the book. 
It is an extremely well-written book. And um, he was a church planner. And, and after seven years, he pretty much burned out and got burned out. He started, his children started having, one of his children started having some physical issues. I won't ruin the book for you. You need to get it and read it. But but he, somebody asked him about, you know, a church, planning a church and burning out and stuff. He said, I can't tell you exactly how to uh, do it, but I can tell you how, tell you what don't work. Uh, I'm, I'm there with that. I can I can tell you some things that don't work in church planning. I know some things that will work, but when we come to some endings in life, we we got to be able to look at it and take some life lessons. Of what did we learn? You know, we we you see somebody that's in a relationship and that relationship fails, and maybe they have another relationship that fails, and the next thing you know, they they feel like a failure. But if we can learn to fail. Uh, the right way, and that is by learning by our failure and realizing that, yeah, there's a necessary ending. You know, this is this is what needs to happen. I never got it, you know. Uh, um, somebody's in a relationship before they get married or whatever, and then the other person cheats on them and walks off, and yeah, it hurts. I understand that, but at some point you need to be, you know what? I hate it that they cheated on me. It hurt. But I'm thankful that I found out now and it ended now. It was necessary that it came to an end. And this is what I'm talking about today. Uh, is There are things in life that in order us to stay healthy, to stay living for God, to have healthy relationships, there are some endings that needs to happen in our lives. And we have to learn how to um, to go beyond certain places and not be so um, connected to some of these things that we're not willing to let it go. And I promise you, it was so hard. I've cried. I've wept. I begged. I pleaded with God to let things work. Um, we started the church through a fast, a long fast, and actually sat down with those who were left. I said, look, guys, I'm just going to tell you, this is where we're at. It looks like maybe God wants us to close this church. Um, maybe I was looking for shock value, hoping that maybe somebody would realize and just jump in there and say, Oh, pastor, we don't want to see this closed and 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 we want to do what we can and I'd hope that people would fast and maybe something would blow wide open. We could have revival and it would be like, okay, God said, yeah, y'all keep it open. I'd like to tell you that's the way it ended, but it's not. Um, we had the faithful that fasted and I'm not sure if anybody else much did. We'd, we'd fasted three days and it reminded me of David after his failure with Bathsheba and that child was born. David laid on his face and he prayed and he fasted and he sought God that that child would live. But it wasn't the will of God at that time. That child needed to die for whatever reason. We don't know that. Only God gives and takes life. 
But once the child died, the servants were afraid to even say anything to David about it because the way he had acted for his seven days of laying there fasting and seeking God for that child. David heard them whispering, and David, he guessed that the child was dead, and he asked, is the child dead? And they said, yeah, he's dead. David immediately got up, and David immediately washed himself and prepared himself and went on. Somebody questioned him. I don't understand. The child was, when, when he was dying, he was doing like this, but now you're okay. And basically, David was just letting him know. I was just hoping that there was a chance that God would show mercy and grace. And that's exactly, we went on this three-day fast and we, we were serious. We wanted to make sure we was in God's will. And, and fasting brings, I'll tell you what, if you don't, if you never fasted, number one, in my opinion, you should fast once a week. I think you should fast once a week. That's a that's a whole other podcast. Maybe we'll do it sometime. But I think you should fast once a week. But um, fasting brings clarity, and it also exposes things. And I promise you, we've seen some things exposed, and it brought clarity to where we were, and it made us realize, okay, this is something that needs to happen. And. And Dr. Cloud said in his book, I know I got a lot of quotes from Dr. Cloud, but I'd encourage you to get the book, Necessary Endings. Actually, it was recommended to me by one of my um, one of my favorite evangelists, which is a pastor now, Pastor Ryan Neer. Pastor's in Colorado. And um, he, I like to ask people, hey, you got any good books you're reading? What do you recommend? He recommended Necessary Endings. I don't know if he was trying to tell me something and I read it back then and I just listened to it recently but anyway um, here, here's, here's another quote from that book it's in your business and in your life don't just cut back and think that you have pruned pruning is strategic it is directional and forward looking it is intentional towards a vision desires and objectives that have been clearly defined and are measurable if you have that, you know what a rose is, and pruning will help you get one of the true beauty. We we got to realize that we have to have some pruning in our lives. And, and we hate to think about pruning something like a church that would seem to be good in, but in, for our lives, I mean, I'll just be honest with you. It becomes so overwhelming that the situation we were in that we was heading towards a crash. And I didn't want to be lost. You hate to think that if somebody says, well, if you continue doing the work for God, that you could be lost. Well, sometimes it's like that, folks. You can try your hardest to pour into people. But if somebody is not willing to fill the holes in their life, you can pour into them all you want. But everything you pour out of you and into them is going to pour onto the ground. And God doesn't like His glory to go on the ground. He likes it to go into something that's going to make a difference. There's enough hungry people in the world. That's what we want to do. We want to make a difference. And again, I know this is a a heavy podcast here today. But it's, it's also coming from my heart. I hope you know that. It's, 
But uh, here, here's the thing. This is, this is what it come to. Is Again, another quote from Dr. Cloud. He said, there's a difference between helping someone who's disabled, incapable, or otherwise infirmity versus helping someone who is resisting growing up and taking care of what every adult or child, for that matter, has to be responsible for herself or himself. When you find yourself in any way paying for someone else's responsibilities, not only are you stuck with a delayed ending, but you're probably harming that person. And that's where we finally come to that place. And you and I have got to get to that place where there are things in our life that must come to an end. Because if not, I think I may have mentioned on the podcast not too long back, Saul didn't kill Agag. He didn't bring an end to that. And that eventually killed Saul. And you don't want that. You don't want that at all. We've got to, we've got to understand that there's some things in life that just, they have to come to an end. There's addictions that um, has to come to an end. There's, um, you know, as you grow up, listen, you men out there, help, listen to me. If you're married and you're in your late 20s and 30s, matter of fact, if you're married and you're gaming all the time, you need to bring that to the end. You need to stop that. Um, you know, you, you got to bring your wild, crazy money spending habits to the end. If, if you don't bring it in to horrible eating habits, it eventually will, will take you out. So, see, I, I could go on and on with this. In order for you to stay healthy, in order for you to stay spiritual, in order for you to stay uh, where you need to be with God, there has to be things in your life that has to bring, has to come to an end. It just does. And since tomorrow's Easter, let me give you the greatest example of all. And it's what we're celebrating tomorrow is Easter. What it's all about. What are we celebrating tomorrow? We're celebrating partially the ending of the greatest ministry that ever walked the face of the earth. And I'm talking about Jesus. Jesus was born to this world. Born of a woman. Yeah, we know he was God. Wrapped in flesh. And beginning, John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Verse 14 says, And that Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, the God of heaven, was made flesh and he lived among us. And when he started his ministry... Oh my goodness. We could sit and talk about that for a while. I had a I had a coworker that actually messaged me today. He's watching, I guess, being Easter. He's he he's not in church, but uh he um gets excited about it sometimes, you know, and he, he sent me a message. He said, Oh my goodness, I did not realize that Jesus had raised Lazarus from the grave. To me, who's been in church all my life, I can't fathom somebody not realizing that Lazarus was raised from the grave, from the dead, you know. 
But he's excited about it, you know. But Jesus' ministry on this earth was incredible. Could you imagine walking with Jesus for three and a half years like the disciples did? And seeing him lay hands on the blinded eyes and they were open. See him touch the lepers and they were cleansed. See him um, heal people. Laying his hand on the casket of the woman's son of Nain and him coming out of the casket. Being there when he said, Lazarus, come forth. And he came out of that grave after being dead four days. Or being there that day when he walked in there to Jairus' daughter and she raised from the dead. And, and just all the many things that he'd done. The miracles after miracles. As John said, that if all the things that he'd done was written in the books, there's no way it could contain it. And the preaching. Let me tell you what, folks. If we could just get down Matthew in the book of Matthew uh you know, 6, 7, and 8, I think is what it is. The The greatest sermon ever preached is a Sermon on the Mount. If we could just live that, that is the greatest preaching that's ever been done. It was done while Jesus' earthly ministry was here. The teaching, when you read through the Gospels and you read about the teaching, the impact, there's never been another human being that has made an impact on humanity like Jesus. 2,000 years ago, His impact to this world is still going on and you know why because his earthly ministry had to come to an end there had to be a necessary ending of his earthly ministry and the greatest ending that ever happened happened and what we're celebrating is when the earthly ministry of jesus christ came to an end because Jesus did not come just to do that stuff. He had a purpose. All of that was things that was on it was on his journey to get to his ultimate goal. And if the, the earthly ministry had not come to an end, there would not have been a Calvary. There would not have been a cross where blood was shed because his blood was shed for every one of us. His death was necessary to become the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. His earthly ministry, his earthly body had to come to an end in order for us to receive salvation. Isn't that incredible? That's the greatest necessary ending there ever was. But he couldn't stay dead either. That had to come to an end. As I've heard Brother Raymond Woodward say one time, he said, so many people say, I thank God for the gospel that Jesus died for me. He said, that's not the gospel. That's just part of the gospel. Because the truth of the matter, if Jesus just died for my sins, that in and by itself is not good news. That's bad news. Because that's what the gospel is. It's the good news. Just as the earthly body had to end a sacrifice that body couldn't stay in that grave because it had to be transformed it had to be changed and it was and the rest of the gospel is the fact that not only did Jesus die for our sins but he rose on that third day that earthly ministry ended 
And now then, he, the, the man Christ Jesus, becomes back to what he was, was God Almighty. And Jesus said, I've got to go because if I can't, if I don't go, I can not send back the Holy Ghost. His earthly ministry had to end because what he done on this earth, he wanted us to do. Guess what he said? He said, greater work shall you do because I go back to where I came from. And if I, if I don't go, if this ministry doesn't end, then your ministry can't start. That's what he was saying. And I do believe that's where I found myself is I got in a place that I was stuck. My family was stuck in a place, in a situation. Uh, nothing against Mary in Kentucky. I hope to goodness that someday God will allow us to go back in there and start a work or somebody will go back in there and start a work and and the seeds that we planted, maybe we'll, somebody else can reap that harvest. I hope they can. But for me, my earthly ministry at this time in Marion, it, it had to come to an end because God's got something else for me and I can never receive that thing until I'm willing to, to I was willing to let this end. And I'm telling you right now, if we hadn't ended this, it may have ended my ministry. Now, you may not understand that, but I do from here. It may, have meant, it may have ended my ministry because in that time period that I've not been here doing a podcast, I had seriously serious thoughts of wondering that if this church closes, will I ever pastor again? I was gotten to that place. I was so burnt out, so tired of trying to minister and nothing happening that I honestly was thinking, maybe I should never pastor again. But not until... We made an ending to what we were doing. Did I actually feel like, okay, God, that just had, that had to come to an end that I can go farther. And I realized God's called me to pastor. So that's what we're going to do. It may just not be in Marion right now. We'll just pastor in Sturgis. And hopefully God will do something there. And if not, if God brings that to an end, well, I'm going to be willing to go to the next place. I want to do what God wants me to do. And I, I was afraid I'd talk way too much since I've not had a podcast in uh, over a month. And again, I apologize for that. But um, I hope people understand what I'm trying to say today. I'm, I'm not telling you if you're, if you're a church planner and you're listening to this, I hope to goodness your church explodes and you never have to bring it to the end. And... I've got some friends that started their church the same time I did, and theirs didn't. They had to close theirs as well. And I've got friends that started the same time as ours, and theirs is exploding. I don't understand it all, and I love that Harvest House was still going. But there was a necessary ending. And um, I thank you for my rambles tonight. Hopefully it wasn't too rambling, but... Something I felt like I need to talk about. If you have not read the book, Necessary Endings by Dr. Cloud, you need to get it. You need to get several of his books. Um, they're good. Boundaries. Um, I think another one's Safe People. It's a really good one. Again, the one I just finished is uh, 
never go back. It's it's an excellent book. I, I'd recommend it. And if you're not, if you're dealing with burnout, again, go get Jathan Marcelli's book, Better After Burnout. It's it's incredible. Just a beautiful, really well written book. It was hard for me to read, uh, but it was something I needed to read. But uh, I do appreciate you listening to my rambling today, and um, and I just know that God's got greater things, and sometimes to stay, you got to be willing to end something. And that don't mean you're going to stay there at that place. But what I mean is sometimes to stay where you need to be with God, there has to come an end to some things. Again, just as we couldn't be enjoying the Holy Ghost if Jesus' earthly ministry had not ended because we wouldn't have salvation because we don't have forgiveness of sins. The blood wouldn't cover us if the blood wasn't shed. And the blood wouldn't do us no good if he hadn't arose to give us the hope of the fact that because he rose, I can face tomorrow because he lives. The song says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And because he lived and died and rose again, there was an ending. There was a necessary ending. And um, I got a hush. I've been 44 minutes. So let me finish this with one quote. One more quote from Dr. Bounds' book, um, Necessary Endings. He said, first, accept life cycles and seasons. Second, accept that life produces too much life. Third, accept that incurable illness and sometimes evil are a part of life too. Taken together, these three principles will help you to make peace with endings so that when they're in so that when their time has come you will be able to do what you need to do and that's where we found ourselves we found ourselves in a life cycle season we found that life had produced way too much and we also found that evil was a big part of life and that sometimes brings it into things anyway I've um, said quite too much, I'm sure. And I hope that you will examine your life and look at it <clears throat> and question maybe that maybe there's some things in your life that you need to end. Maybe you're in a relationship with somebody you don't need to be in. And it needs to end. Now, if you're married, that's not the relationship you need to end. You need to get closer to Jesus. I, I literally had that happen one time. Um, in my pastoring venue, somebody said, um, prayed that God would give him another husband. It don't work that way. <clears throat> anyway, that's another subject. Uh, <clears throat> maybe there's something you're, maybe you need to end your relationship with social media is hindering you. Maybe you need to relate in your relationship with Whatever it may be, okay? Maybe it's a job you need to end. Um, maybe that job is hindering you. You're working too many hours and you're missing church and causing you not to be able to pray and and read the Word and fast and such. So anyway, I'm, again, again, I'm going on too long. And I will try to do better. <clears throat> and I will still... I'll try to get one back out, another podcast out again next week. Um, hoping to have my son on here with me the subject that he preached about that I want to get in there and talk about with him. So 
All right, guys, I'm, I'm going to be done. I appreciate you listening to my ramblings tonight, and I would appreciate prayers from you guys. We are in the midst of a transition in our world. Anytime there's an ending, there's a transition. Transition, And uh, we're seeking exactly how God wants to do wants us to do things going forward. Um, so anyway, we'd, we'd appreciate your prayers. And I just want to share this, that sometimes in order to stay in the place you need to be with God, we need to examine and, and see if there's anything that needs to be a necessary ending. So, all right, guys, thank you. God bless you. Hopefully I'll get you, get one back out next week. God bless everybody. Thank you for listening today. If anything you have heard today in this podcast has helped you, why don't you share it with someone you know, a friend or family member, and also consider rating and following us as well. Hope you have a great day. God bless you.